0: welcome to Leo Roundtable at leoroundtable.com. My name is Chip DeBlock and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about law enforcement issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. And let me go and introduce the crew to you guys if you don't mind waving for the video portion of our show. And I believe it's all retired this evening. We have attorney and former federal prosecutor Ward Mythaler and also Chief John Newman, Captain Brett Bartlett. Corporal David D. Gresta, Officer Andre Casal, and we have producer Will Statzer. So, thanks, guys. Also, a shout out to our sponsors. We have Galls, Guardian Alliance Technologies, Gunlearn.com, MyMedicare.live, Tactote.com, and we are powered by Bang Energy. We are in Louisville. You know, I used to call it uh, Louisville, and then a buddy of mine corrected me, and it's Louisville. And, and of course, I've been there. I love the place, but uh, this is on WDRB.com. So we've got the, well, it says a Louisville officer shoots suspect who pointed a gun at him during an arrest. So we've got the Kentucky State Police involved and we got the Louisville Metropolitan Police involved. And there's an officer involved shooting that occurs when an armed robbery suspect points a gun at an officer. It's just the 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 way, especially the way it was done in dramatic fashion, I think made a difference for me. This happened on March the 17th. So very recently, and you got a Louisville officer responding to a home There's a report of a 17-year-old female being robbed and assaulted. Now, when the officers arrive, they speak to the female. She says she's walking her baby sister in a stroller. When a man comes up behind her, he punches her in the head, and then he takes her cell phone. So the officers are able to track the stolen cell phone to an alley near this intersection, and they locate Dwayne Smith. He's 53 years old, and he matches the suspect's description, and he's in the process of trying to break into a utility shed. So the suspect What's he do? He starts to run from the officers. They catch him in an alley. They pin him to the ground face down. Now, you think normally this is over, right? But after a few minutes or I'm sorry, a few moments, um, he quickly rolls over and he points a gun at officers. And at that time, there's an officer involved shooting. And I'll tell you, um, it happens quick. And if you're not paying attention, you don't really know that this guy, you know, has got a gun. And our bad guy's transported to the University of Louisville Hospital, and he's actually expected to recover. He doesn't even doesn't even uh, die from the encounter with the uh, with the police. So um, happens very fast. What do you guys think about that? Anything that could have been done differently? One of those things. All right, David, I think you're gonna have to start no. this one off.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna start it off. All right, I just, just happened to notice that the, did they. The guy's last name was Smith. Really? What? Smith?
0: Oh, there you (laughs) go. Oh no. Not all Smith. You got got 30 seconds though, Dave.
1: Yeah. You couldn't, the the video was so jumbled up. You really couldn't see a whole lot going on other than the gun coming out. You saw the gun come out. You saw the cop get out of the way and then the shooting happened. You couldn't really see a whole lot. So it wasn't, there's not a lot that you can really say about it other than the cop engaged. The cop lived, the bad guy went to the hospital and everybody went where they should have gone. So in the end, good
0: job. All right. It, Thank you, Corporal. Yeah, Chief, you got about uh, five seconds or so.
2: And then he resigned from the academy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and on that note, hey, it's time for another commercial break. We'll be right back. All right. Look, let's talk about industry leader in technology solutions for law enforcement. It's Guardian Alliance Technologies. Their software will cut background investigators' time in half. Now we all know that there's a call for more accountability in hiring and selecting who gets to wear the badge. Now Guardian has developed a CJIS compliant background investigative software platform that helps weed out problematic applicants in record time. And with Guardian, the entire background check process, it's more comprehensive, but it's also much faster for both the agency and the applicants. There's no upfront fees or long-term commitments, so I strongly recommend that you visit them today at GuardianLinesTechnologies.com. Also, Let's talk about Medicare insurance options. Yes, we're all getting a little older. There's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County, Florida alone, which is where I'm at. So these benefits, they can change annually. So how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific healthcare needs? The answer is simple. Contact mymedicare.live or call your code 813-245-6656, especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area in Florida. Talk to James or Bobby. They'll meet you in person. They'll save you money on your medication code page and they'll help you find plans that your doctors accept and get more benefits that you actually qualify for. So again, 813 813- or mymedicare.live Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. If there's no more comments on the last one, we'll go ahead and jump to our next one then. And let's see, now we're in the UK. So we have uh, a harrowing moment here where there's a pair, they call them, you know, I love how the British write, a pair of thug Brothers, they slash two police officers. Now, the big difference between this going on in the states is that the cops are not armed, uh, at least with firearms. So you've got a pair of thug brothers, and I'm just reading from the article, guys. They're seen attacking two police officers in a terrifying knife rampage at a shopping center. So you've got a uh, Maninder hangin he's 26 years old, and uh, Parminder Hangin, I guess their brothers, 37. Yes. Uh, that's right. They're not just brothers. Uh, they are the thug brothers. Um, so these guys are separated roughly by a decade, but they launched this frenzied assault armed with the blades. And this happened last July. So shoppers start fleeing for their lives. It's a new square shopping center in West Bromwich. And we've got uh, the police officers, Liam, uh, I guess, Mido, and James Willits. And they start shouting, look, he's got a knife. Stop, stop now and uh, these bad guys are swinging knives at the cops. So one of the officers rushes off to get the onlookers out of the way so they don't get cut, and then he gets back into the melee. And so these cops are desperately wrestling around with these guys that are armed with the knives. So uh, our officer, Mito, suffers a slash wound to his head, and he has to get stitches and cuts to his hand, and then Willits gets a wound to the back of his head. So both attackers went on trial at the the, uh, Wolverhampton Crown Court accused, they got accused of attempted murder and wounding with intent to co- cause grievous bodily harm. And they also faced a charge of possessing an imitation firearm with intent to cause fear of violence after being found with what they call an armory of weapons in rucksacks. It says that they had, they're making a big deal. They had BB guns, revolver, machete, serrated blade, a hammer and a bush Bushman's knife. Of course, here in the States, that would be the real thing. So on Wednesday, they're actually cleared of attempted murder on both officers. Surprised me, but convicted of wounding with intent. Um, and that's in relation to Willits. And then, uh, I guess, Paraminder was convicted of wounding with intent to cause grievous harm to Mito. And the other guy was cleared of assaulting the same officer. So it kind of goes back and forth. There was no uniformity as far as the convictions go on both officers. But that's the way it went down. Guys, any takeaways from watching this thing go down in Britain and, and, uh, producer Will, you want to start us off first before captain Brett goes? Uh,
1: yeah. Chris Madison just donated.
0: Just donated. Wow. Thank you very much for, uh, Chris, for uh, supporting the show. Appreciate it. Um, uh, captain Bartlett.
3: You know, I'd have to do some more research yet, but I, I have an idea just based on my thesis that, um, if you shoot somebody with a knife, they'll quit cutting you. Uh, I've got some more work. Uh, I don't know how that's going to end up, but, uh, I think, I think I'm heading that way. Um, you know this reminds me of a case i heard years ago it was a security officer here in tampa that said yeah i let the bad guy beat on me until he was exhausted then i then i took him down oh that, that's a tactic isn't it just you know, just let these people just let them touch you and until you can take them down I, I i will never understand the british mindset okay first no guns second bad teeth i don't know where that comes
0: from <laughs> Well, I'm glad you put it in that order, Captain, but uh, 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 attorney, attorney Ward. I have a question for you guys that I've wondered for years.
2: Um, quite, quite a while ago, I was taught the ballistic vest will not stop a knife attack.
0: This the, the cop here referred to his vest. Can you tell me? Forget the armor that you can put in, but will a ballistic vest by itself uh, prevent a knife wound?
3: Certain kinds will. They have to be designed yeah. for yeah, the other. Uh, guys in corrections, work in the prison they wear them a lot because they're not subject to gunshots but they're subject to you know two knives
1: yeah it's it's a specific weave in the in the in the material the kevlar and whatnot that makes it tight enough for the knife not to start slicing it uh once the penetration starts with a sharp knife the kevlar will peel apart like plastic um but anyways yeah the, you know the one thing i did notice uh the, the two cops i i've got to give them props um, initially, I mean, they saw these two guys. They identified them as being, you know, suspicious. They had the backpacks on. They were something. They knew something was wrong. They started following them. They tried to engage, um, and then knives came out. I was astounded at how quickly, and I think it was the only thing that really saved them from being even much more uh, grievously injured—a uh, stab, slashed, cut, whatever—is that they they got their whatever kind of pepper spray they use. Must be is pretty good stuff because they got that into their into their faces pretty good. I was hoping somebody was going to put out pull out a lighter. That would have made it all oh. worthwhile, but no. Anyways, they got their they got their pepper spray deployed pretty quickly. And at that point, if if you watched if you watched, I didn't say video. If you watched, they um they, the bad guys were kind of running around flailing kind of wildly because they really couldn't see that well. And the cops were still trying to take them down. To the point where one of the cops actually grabbed a hold of the blade of the knife with his hand. I said, "Man, when you get to that point, you're in a bad spot, guys. Let's let's rethink." Um, but yeah, I, I think it's time for a little bit of a different mindset in the in, in on the British Isles as far as firearms. With your if you've got if you're facing stuff like that, you're really asking a lot.
0: Now, now thanks. thanks, Corporal. For people listening on the radio don't know what the Corporal was talking about when he said the only thing missing was like a lighter or whatever. We've covered uh, a, a few cases now where people have uh, been... You know, they've been hit with CS or OC gas and and they've been they've gone up in flames whenever there's been like a taser or some something else, you know, uh, introduced into the scene. So uh, so that's what he was referring to. And, uh, you know, and I'm thinking, Captain Brett, that if these guys are willing to put up with those working conditions across the pond, uh, man, they they are great candidates for places like uh, Portland and Seattle is what I'm thinking.
3: Oh, they're probably way overtrained for Portland and Seattle. Now, what's interesting to me is, and I'm not sure where the title of this originated from because it has the word thug in it, but only in English if <laughs> you call two, guys, two two black guys thugs and get away with it, but you can't have a gun to shoot them because they're trying to kill you with a knife.
0: Uh, you may have a good point there. All right. And,
3: and they have bad teeth.
0: All right. Thanks, guys. Good commentary. Anybody else on this? And if not, we'll uh, we'll move on to our next one here then. Let's see. I've got uh, um, WDR... B.com Kentucky bill would restrict police officers from having misdemeanors. Now, what does that mean? Let's see. Uh, a new bill proposed in Kentucky would make it harder for police officers to get back into law enforcement after a sex crime so you might be scratching your head saying well why would that even be a possibility in the first place well that's a good question so currently under kentucky law only felonies forbid an officer from getting back in the law enforcement this of course is after he's lost his job because of some screw up uh kentucky's house of representatives passed a bill uh, that would uh, add misdemeanors related to sexual assault or misconduct in many cases felony sex crimes they're amended down to misdemeanors so it's got um a bunch of people listed here. You got a uh, representative, Jennifer Decker. Uh, you've got some uh, uh, other things. You've got a, a victim, Heather Richards, and a, and a former Louisville uh, Metro Police officer, uh, Pablo Cano, listed. Uh, you've got uh, a trooper listed here I- involving some other stuff. You've got an officer that was with uh, Louisville um, that actually I think that he ended up getting his job back, works for another agency now. So, this is called so, those are kind of examples on. Why the system needs to get fixed, at least in the article. So, this is House Bill 206. Now, I did a little bit of research. It actually passed unanimously 96 to 0 in the Kentucky House of Representatives, and then it went to the Senate. Uh, but they have been passing over it and retaining it on the orders of the day um, over and over again. And this happened most recently on March the 30th. So, they're not, they don't seem to be in any hurry uh, to pass this and get any changes done. All right, guys, time for another break. We will be right back. Okay, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning and they've made it easy. GunLearn.com is the first and only company that offer a step-by-step program uh, that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist. They provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy, and their training is approved by major forensic organizations, law enforcement agencies, and firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that LEOs need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. You can start today with online training or register to attend a live seminar. You can get free training for yourself and the personnel at your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at GunLearn.com. So, um, Producer Will, you want to go first? And then uh, we'll let anybody want wants to chime in, they can.
1: Ken in HB just donated.
0: Ken, thank you for supporting the show. We appreciate it. Even is even clapping. So, um, guys, any comments on this? I think that we're all in favor of, uh, of legislation like this. I hope that the Senate gets on the program. What do you think, Chief?
2: I, well, yeah, okay. So you're going to have an enumerated statute that will go ahead and DQ somebody. But you have to wonder how this person, if, it, if it's a decent vetting onboarding system where you're processing employees, this would come up and you'd have a secret ballot with all your personnel people saying, yeah, we're not voting this guy in, you, and you have to wonder. I mean, absent legislative type of uh, you know laws like this that de you, most agencies have a very robust onboarding process, and they want the right candidate. So, whether the misdemeanor was on that enumerated list of to disqualify you or not, he probably shouldn't have made it through the uh, process. And I read the case of the um, of the one officer that they highlight. Um, which is like a very small exception, right? I, mean, I, I would never hire that guy. But you're hoping that the uh, their hiring process would vet this person out. Their psychological exam would vet this person out. Their polygraph exam, the interviews with the neighbors, and all the things that we see in a good, robust law enforcement onboarding process way before it came down to a statute that would weed people like this out.
0: You're right. I I agree. There's got to be other issues besides this. Uh, Corporal David, thirty seconds.
1: And John was saying about the the, the robust um, weeding out of of possible employees, and all I thought about was Hemingway, South Carolina, and and a big mud stained. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, hippopotamus on the in, in the in the mud pit. That how did? But it's the same thing all over. I mean, we see this. And that's the question. How did they get hired?
0: Thank you to our panel for uh, making this all possible. Also our sponsors, Galls Guardian Alliance Technologies, gunlearn.com, mymedicare.life, tac-tote.com, and Bang Energy for powering us. And uh, also, look, everybody that supported the show this evening, thank you guys very much. Hope everybody has a wonderful and a safe week.